This is an RNZ podcast. Kia ora and welcome to the Kim Hill Collection. The year is 2017. NASA puts out a call to inventors and entrepreneurs around the globe for ideas to solve one of the most intrinsically human problems, space defecation. New Zealanders, of course, have a proud history of -of out-of-the-box thinking. We invented the bungee jump, egg beaters, the jetpack. We can sort this out, right? Hamilton man Hugh McCarroll has impressed NASA with an invention which facilitates human space travel. Mr McCarroll's design was judged in the top 15 of over 7,700 entries from all over the world. So, while he didn't win the $15,000 prize money NASA had put up, uh, being a semi-finalist, it was a recognition of his very inventive mind. The brief was to design a system that collects human waste and keeps it away from the body of an astronaut for up to six days. It was called the Space Poop Challenge. I asked you... Who won it? There were three winners, and the first one incorporated an airlock of some sort in the crotch of the spacesuit, and that allowed uh, material to be taken out of the suit, in other words, the, um, the defecated material, and other things to be put in. So they said that they could put in diapers and a change of underwear, and I, I can't get my head around that, but the process that it went through was very rigorous, and uh, I don't doubt it's a, it's a very clever idea. And what was your idea? Please explain. Well, um, in the simplest terms, you uh, wear a pair of uh, merino tights with a um, zipper in the crotch and when you need to go you open the zipper that's a motorized zipper so it opens uh, automatically and then you defecate into a plastic bag basically Uh, the plastic bag is in the shape of a pair of over trousers which extend to your ankles and to your waist and about two 20 millimeters thickness about 25 liters of capacity and um the zipper has a uh, number of features. Uh, it's motorised, so it goes, it automatically opens and closes. And in the zipper uh, moving ahead, there is a little spray which provides a, um, a spray of uh, oil or, or mineral water or something in the crotch area just to clean up and also displace other materials. So... When you say an automatic zip, you mean you tell the zip, you press a button or something, and the zip works. Yeah, press a button on right. the suit, and the zipper motors from close to open. Right, and and the waste material goes what into the over trousers? Yes. And then what happens to it? Well, it floats about. Um, you don't really care. It's away from the body, which is the objective. We're of talking the about exercise. how long? Six days worth? Potentially six, six days. Six days. The requirement was for. Um, a means of for an astronaut to survive. They can feed them in a spacesuit with um, bottled liquids, liquid um, nutrients, but the human system works on its own timetable and you can't program um, going to the toilet. You've just got to be able to do it when you need to. That's, um, quite, a lot of, that's quite a lot of waste material to carry around in your over trousers. Well, well the specification was a... a um, 
a litre of liquid a day and so many grams of solid material. It's not a lot of material in the scheme of things. And um, the over trousers that I proposed were about three or four times the volume required. In the the over trousers, while the astronaut's moving about, there is microgravity because the legs are swinging and moving and the acceleration would create movement within the over trousers. And part of the design was some uh, material to a absorb and collect the excrement uh, around the calves and thighs wow. away. So it was just, it was... Uh, How detailed? Them. How detailed did your entry have to be? Did you have to actually have specifications well, for what things were made out of? The process was very well structured. There were very clear instructions. The criteria were very clear. And the judging criteria was very clear. And you filled it in online and you could submit supplementary material uh, in the form of a PDF document. Uh, And so you put the basic pitch in the online boxes. And um, if it passed the first filter, then um, they would possibly read the attached material. So basically I wrote a proposal and then rewrote the same material into the box spaces in the on the website. They usually wear diapers at the moment anyway, don't they? That's the only Astronauts. option at the moment. Right. But that gets to be quite impractical after about 10 or 12 hours. Yes. As are there any, any parent knows. Aye. Are there any, yes. Are there any applications of your th- device uh, on here on Earth, do you think? I don't know. Possibly. Um, I I wondered about that, and I can imagine some person saying, oh, yeah, we can put a person in an impossible situation and leave them there for three or four days now. Um, So I can't imagine a circumstances where you do that unless it was in a tank or something. But um, possibly you could um, do it to a person who had to be left for a period of days. Um, I wouldn't like to think of it being used as a nursing home labour-saving device, for example, but no, um, no. Other, other options. There may be um, special re- reasons for it. It wouldn't be a cheap option for general everyday use, of course, because this is a throwaway garment. Once you've finished with it, you just dispose of it, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, jo McCarroll, your daughter, is your biggest fan, and she tells us that you... When you lived in Australia, you worked for the aeronautical uh, industry there, I think. When you lived in Australia, you belonged to an inventors club. I did. I did. I belonged to the Inventors Association in Sydney. And it was an extremely interesting and well-run group. They had a very charismatic chairman who had made a bit of money with inventions to do with lawn bowls. And um, he he could handle the... uh, Fruit Loop end of the inventor what? movement what, um, what, with what? considerable tact. I have to tell you uh, that I have no idea what could be invented uh, surrounding the game of lawn bowls. Well, <clears throat> that's the amazing thing. There's <laughs> a heap of inventions in the gardening industry that are just little inventions, but they're clever and they do something. With lawn bowls, you've, of course, got the precision of a billiard table to think about and devices which help you do that yeah such as oh i don't know i didn't didn't (laughs) that's that's not my field no in sydney we had the situation we had a our first daughter um jane and when she was two joe was born 
and we had a little McLaren folding buggy for Jane, which was a clever invention in itself, and I wish I'd invented that, but um, we wanted to be able to carry the baby on it, so I made an attachment for the stroller, and that worked very well and got me onto the ABC Inventors program on television. So what, you got and two strollers in one, basically? It's a, it's a, it's a, there are quite a number of such devices on the market today mm. where they're modular and you can clip bits on and off, and this was a, sort of a very crude prototype of that. But it, but it worked very well. It allowed um, my wife to uh, take the two children when she was walking around town um, and it was very compact and narrow so you could go through doors and turnstiles and stuff. A lot of double baby strollers are quite wide and um, if you have to use them you have to navigate quite carefully. You mentioned the Fruit Loop end of the inventor spectrum but there's a very fine line between Fruit Loop and Genius. I'm oh imagining. absolutely I'm in there with that as well because um, as a result of the ABC television program Another Australian channel, Seven, wanted to do a pilot and they approached the producer of the ABC program. Um, did they know any inventors who might do funny things? And they referred them to me and I was initially a bit offended, but um, <laughs> it was interesting. And this lovely lady rang me and said, uh, you invented something. And I told her all about my stroller and I was trying to find a commercial interest in it in that at that time. But... Um, she said, no, no, I'm thinking, have you invented anything silly? And I said, oh, what, something like an indoor sundial or something? And she said, yes, have you invented something like that? And I said, I just have. <laughs> and, um, and so she said, would you be able to talk about an indoor sundial on, us, on this pilot program? And I did that. So I made a little thing about out of a cake tin with a, a vertical gnomon in the middle. Um, Are those called right what in the middle? Gnomon, the, that's the bit that sits up in the middle of a sundial. Oh, I never knew it was called that. Yeah, G-N-O-M-O-N. Yeah. Um, and I um, put a light on, on the end of a little um, rod and rigged up a little motor so that it rotated round this drum and cast a shadow on the face of the drum. And, um, and then I sort of developed a little patter to go with that. You know, it works day and night, so it's better than the sundial in that regard. It works, <laughs> it's cloudier. Um, yeah, just general. And we had a lot of fun on the show. The show bombed, but they loved my little piece. And um, I, I actually repeated it on the Paul Hogan show, which was big at the time. This is mid-70s. And um, somewhere in Channel 7's archives, there'll be a little clip of me demonstrating an indoor sundial which had multiple uses. Apart from the double stroller, what's the most useful thing you've ever invented? Um, I, I do it all the time. It's just I, I don't like working with other people's ideas. I tend to do my own thing. Um, You're not the like sort of person who takes the toaster apart, are you? I am. Oh. I'm, I'm not the one who throws stuff out. I fix it and curse the designers who could have done it better. Yeah. Um, but in, I was doing some work on the windows of my house. It's a three-story house and quite awkward. And I built a temporary platform to do that and then thought, this is a very nice little platform. It's 600 millimetres by 1,200 millimetres. Uh, and you could stand, sit, you could put your paint tin down beside you, you could put your toolbox beside you and work. It's much, much better than working on a ladder. And so I built one of those. That's my sort of most 
significant recent invention. And, so is and, it like it, scaffolding? It is a scaffold. It's a personal scaffold. And it was in three sections when it was finished, and it would pack down and go in the back of a Toyota Corolla station wagon. But when assembled, you could go up to five meters, which is a reasonable height in the air. God, that's pretty and good. I, I use that around the house even as we speak. Why Have you patented many things? I've patented, I put a patent on the stroller attachment and the um, scaffold. Mm-hmm. And I have to say I've been bitterly disappointed in both occasions. And from talking to other people, I would suggest that patents are a hard way to make any money. Um, there will always be people who will work around them. You've got to take the initiative to defend them. And it costs an arm and a leg to get them in place in the first place. I had a, a what I thought was a good patent on my scaffold. I had commercial interest in building it, and then we produced a modified version or a modified design which was more suited to production. And um, the patent attorney blandly said, oh, well, the other patent won't cover this. You'll have to start have another patent here. Yeah. And you know, you're talking thick end of $10,000. Uh-huh. So you get quickly sick of lawyers. Um, Joe told us that you had invented something to protect one of her peach trees from birds. Yes, I have. Um, I'm still planning that. Um, basically, I'm a nerd, Kim, and I like mathematics and space and all that stuff. And I like geodesic domes. And geodesic domes are platonic solids, basically, which are one of the mathematical three-dimensional figures. There are five of five platonic solids, and that's all there are in the universe and anywhere. Um, And geodesic domes are built basically on that principle. And I have a design for such a device, and it would be made of multiple triangles that just clip together, and the triangles would be bird netting. And so you'd have a a virtually invisible three-dimensional sphere that's genius because I've just thrown a net over a couple of my apple trees and it's a pain, you know, because there are bits and holes and it, you get tangled up and all sorts of stuff. That I want a platonic solid around my apple trees now. And you well, could just have, and they would, you could disassemble it and stack it somewhere. Well, yeah, it just folds down into a whole lot of bits and pieces and you put it uh, triangles or pentangles uh, pentagons basically and you put it away Um, and the design I had is that you could remove each individual panel if you needed to get in and pick fruit or something like that and it could be made two meters three meters diameter or something do you want me to make you one yeah yeah have you are they are they in production as we speak here no 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 they're just an idea in my head I know but have you actually made one I made one for Joe and it um It was a very crude prototype made in a hurry, and I was rather ashamed of it. So it's destroyed now, and if I was doing it again, I'd start again. What I actually need is a 3D printer before I can proceed with it, and I keep putting off buying a 3D printer. You need a 3D printer to make your geodesic fruit dome? No, the the geodesic dome has... the, The key part of the design is... The fittings in the corners, and they are made with three di- th- uh, printed three-dimensional on a, on a 3D printer. Are they really? Well, that's what I would do. This is no, you're making it up the, now. Cause... It's a concept. <laughs> yes, it's a 
it's I a understand. concept in my head and in my computer. Yeah, yeah. And what are your chances of getting a 3D printer? I don't know how much are they these days. Oh, about $1,000, but there's always something else to spend $1,000 on. Yeah, yeah. Um, does Joe <laughs> use your geodesic Yes, dome? we put it up around her peach tree and it worked for the season. Um, and then it was all dismantled and she gave it back to me and... <clears throat> it, as I say, it wasn't well well suited. Each piece had to be wired together, so you had to tie it with garden ties. Ah, that sort of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? But, yeah, but... I mean, you have to mess around with it too much. You may as well you just use the old net. <clears throat> In that case, it would probably be easier to throw a cloth over it. But yeah. if, if it was manufactured as I visualise it, then it would be quite possible to um, have it and put it up in half an hour and it would... It would look quite pleasing without distracting from the view of the garden. So I have an idea of your home, and it's full of bits that are in the process of becoming other bits. Is, is that right? Or are you organised and have a workshop and everything? I've, I've got quite a reasonable <clears throat> engineering workshop, and I can do most of the uh, manual trades, welding, um, carpentry and... And, and the like, so I can make whatever I want. Like I make, made the scaffold in my workshop and I do all my carpentry in my uh, garage at home. I just take the car out and take it over as a workshop. Have I you always done this? I mean, when you worked always, as an aeronautical, yeah, but now you've got more time, right? I, this is one of the, what I wanted to do when I retired. You probably wanted to do it your whole life long and thought, if only I can I can retire. tell you, Kim, I did. I sat through board meetings. I was a chief executive when I retired. I sat through board meetings designing aircraft undercarriages and other things on a doodled pad while they talked about depreciation and earnings before tax and all that stuff, and I was pleased to retire. It was the best career move I ever made. And you always have an idea of how to improve something. That's... Yeah. I mean, not I, necessarily I, to make something entirely new, but to improve the existing. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it, it annoys me. We took took our Christchurch grandchildren out. Um, they visited in January and we bought some kites from the $2 shop. And we took them down to the park and we had a lovely afternoon playing with these kites. And I said to my wife, uh, coming home, I said, I'm really going to modify those. They're not properly made and you know they're two dollar items and I j- it just annoyed me that they aer- aerodynamically they weren't um, as well made as they could have been and so did you improve them no they're sitting in a waiting. pile waiting, waiting I was a bit disturbed to hear that you were currently married I thought I might propose to you you sound like you'd be really handy well I'll tell you what Kim I'll give you my phone number um, my wife's in good health um, and long may that be the we case are, we, are both, we are both mature <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to mean. But that was Hugh McCarroll, inventor. And he got on the shortlist for that NASA competition, uh, a finalist.